is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Okay, everybody, welcome back to episode three of It's Bigger Than You. I'm excited that you are still here and that you haven't left us. And I um, I just pray that you guys are really receiving everything that's been given out to you and in the worksheets and in the, the podcast and the YouTube channel. I just, I, I pray that you still continue to just keep diving into this thing um, head first and that you don't let anything hinder you from being able to, to come here and to listen to whatever it is that God has for you. Um, I'm really excited about today because today the title is going to be the mission, the mission, um, what we are called to do and the whole reason why we're asked to be disciples of him. I think that based on conversations I've been having with some of my friends and some of you guys that I've never even met are like, how is this really supposed to be for me? you know, discipling. And, and, you know, I think that initially everybody is so now that we figured out what it is, it's being a follower of him. You know, we think that this seems so hard to achieve or something that we're supposed to go out and have 10 people under us or something. And it's not y'all like, just bear with me and let's get through these different weeks because we're going to open up all the factors on how we do these things, who we're supposed to do it to, and the ways that we're supposed to be used because getting ourselves right first and foremost and allowing that change in ourselves and our actions is what's so important. And when you follow him, you understand what he's teaching you to do, right? So it doesn't even have to be about other people right now. This is about you. This is about your walk with him. So instead of looking around like, well, why me? Or this can't be me. Or I'm not, I couldn't do this. Or well, I'm not worthy enough. Or I don't know enough. Instead of giving him all of those can'ts, we're going to focus today on you and on your can't. Let's, let's first, let's talk about, are you able to be discipled? Are you a person who thinks, you know, I already, I'm already good. I've already got it all down. Or I'm not going to listen to anyone else. I'm just going to listen to Jesus himself. When most of the time people who say that don't even access their word. Like, let's just be honest. Are you a person who rejects instruction? Are you a person that's a know-it-all? Are you a person that no one can even conversate with because you've already have an answer? Are you a person who always has an excuse of why you are the way you are? Or you do the infamous, what I used to do is, well, this is just me. This is who I am. You know? Um, I used to do that all the time and looking back, it was so stupid and it's so embarrassing to be like, well, I'm just, this is how I am and you can like it or you can leave it kind of thing. Like, okay, bye. Like that's something to leave because when you can't receive instruction and you can't take on, okay, this is, this is an issue. This is something in me that now I'm seeing and I need to go ahead and I need to allow Christ to come in and do his work in me. So I want, I want you to ask yourself if that's you. Um, hopefully it's not. Hopefully you're not like I was. But if you are, I pray that, that throughout today's lesson, you, you get rid of all distractions around you right here from the jump. You turn the radio up or you turn, turn the volume up, whatever it is, and you listen to what these verses have to say. Um, being able to be discipled also means that you're able to be encouraged. You know, are you a person that can take a compliment? You know, that's another way that I've always failed is because it's not, it wasn't even humility in a sense. It was just me not wanting, um, like if someone told me like, wow, that's really, oh, your hair looks cute today. I have to come up with an excuse of why it's not. Or um, if someone is like any form of encouragement, you know, think about your own examples. This isn't all about me. Like think about how people try to um, encourage you, but you're like, oh, but it's really not good enough. Or you compare it to somebody else. And maybe that's what you're telling God right now. Like, look, I can't do this disciple thing, Shelly, because someone else is better than it than I am at this. 
because there's always going to be somebody that, that is, but that they're not you and they're not called to do whatever God has asked you to do. So are you someone that can receive instruction? Are you someone that can be encouraged? Are you someone that can be poured into? And I ask that too, because a lot of us, we stay pouring into everybody else and other things that we don't even open up and stand up to where God can pour into us. You know, we have to do that. So I'm going to, the first verse I'm going to read today is in Proverbs. If you've never read Proverbs, put on some steel toe boots because it will step all over your toes. Um, Solomon writes about wisdom, but I'm going to start right here in verse four, uh, chapter four, verse 11. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. So the Bible tells us we're supposed to receive instruction. But not only when we receive instruction, we're supposed to take it in and we're supposed to guard it. We're supposed to not go back to our old ways before we had that instruction, right? We're supposed to, we're supposed to keep a hold of it and protect it in a sense. Um, you know, a lot of times too, I feel like we don't want to listen to things that we don't want to hear. Um, I remember whenever I first, um, kind of told someone that is a person who disciples me, she is kind of a mentor to me. And I was telling her about all this lit on my heart. And she was like, all for it. You know, she's like, I just thank God for you and for your obedience, you know? And I'm like, well, I don't really know what I'm obeying. I just know that I'm called to do this for right now. And the first thing that she told me was to be sure and prioritize Wesley. And she was like, I just want you to know that the enemy is going to come in because he's not going to like whatever you have going on, whether it be your friendships, your relationships, the way you parent. But the enemy wants to distract you and pull you away because sometimes we let our blessings that God gives us become our distractions. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But she was just really encouraging me, like, make time for him, you know, go on dates, which is very rare for us. Um, but she wanted to make sure that I never let go of what God's already blessed me with and let the enemy use it as a distraction. And when she said that, I kind of got offended. I was like, dude, I'm telling you about everything going on. And right now you're telling me to prioritize him. Like, that's not even what I'm talking about right now. But she was giving me instruction to make sure that I was guarded up to where I knew what I should protect and the and ways that I'm supposed to be able to stay on guard for what the enemy might do. And so I'll never forget her saying that, even though it was hard to take it, it was hard to hear at the time, because then I took it like, oh, well, she thinks I'm not being a enough wife because I'm wanting to serve like this. You know, the enemy wants to come in and he wants to take the instruction that God has given us and make it make us be be offended and 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 take on all these other feelings and what it's meant for. But I just want to ask you, are you someone that can listen to things that are hard to hear? And it doesn't even matter who it's hearing from. Sometimes it's my own son telling me instruction. And I'm just like, what do you know, right? Like he's seven or, or or anybody that I'm close to. Sometimes we push away those instructions versus taking them in and guarding them and implementing them. Um, another thing too, is that we can neglect what is the most thing that I, that I can say that I neglect is what's constant for me, which is my family, which is my husband, which is my, anything that I'm comfortable with that I know is going to be there regardless. I, we're, we're really prone to neglect it first because we think we can always go back to it. Instead, it should be the opposite and we should prioritize those people or those things. We're supposed to guard them, right? So hold on to that verse. Um, but I also want to tell you that God is the same way. You know, the first of the 10 commandments that he gave Moses on Mount Sinai was that no other gods come before me. And even if we say like, we don't worship any other gods, like we don't, you know, have anything that we're technically worshiping, you can worship other idols other than what you think of as being a God. 
You can worship your spouse. You can worship your friends. You can for sure worship your career. Anything that you put before him and your time with him takes away from him. And he does not stand for that. Our God is a jealous God and he wants to come first. And the first commandment he gave us was put me first. If you put me first, everything else is handled. But if you don't put me first, everything will come to shambles, okay? So we need to remember those things. First off, receive instruction from other people trying to disciple us, right? And and be particular on who you who you let uh, instruct you. Make sure it aligns with what God says in his word, first and foremost, right? Um, but don't put anything before him because he, he is the ultimate instructor, right? He is the ultimate teacher. So regardless of what anybody else says, we need to know what he says first, right? We need to make time for him. Um, everything else won't be, won't come in alignment if we, if we're out of whack with our relationship with him. As far as the mission goes, you know, Jesus had a mission. When he came on earth, we know that it was for, to be the sacrifice for our sins, right? He dwelled among men and the word became flesh. We've gone over all these things in previous weeks. So I'm not going to reiterate it. But in case you're new here, I just want you to know that that's what all of this is about, is what Jesus did on the cross for us. His mission was to come, be crucified, and and take on the responsibility as a sacrifice to pay for the things that we could never add up to, right? We could never pay that ourselves. And he doesn't want us to because he wants us to put our salvation in him. But Jesus was crucified, and that's what fulfilled his mission, Okay. And then after he was crucified and he came back, we're about to read these verses of the Great Commission. We're going to tackle that right on today. Whenever Jesus gave the disciples the Great Commission, it was after he was crucified, resurrected, and came back and was among them. Okay, so Jesus came back to earth multiple times, but this time to Galilee, he met with them and he had told them, come meet me in Galilee. I'm going to come to y'all and I'm going to, now he's about to tell them what was go. But I want you to know that he couldn't tell them their mission until his was already accomplished. Okay. Because their mission was to teach and preach everything that he had done. Okay. So that couldn't be told until it was already completed. In Matthew 28, verse 16, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he gives them instruction. He gives them an instruction on what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to go make disciples of all nations and give them what he had already commanded them. And we're going to go over what Jesus commands us to do. But then I love the ending, y'all, because this is a promise. This is one of all his promises are just phenomenal. But he says, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So he's there. When you're trying to witness to somebody, he's there. Even on the days that you fail at all the roles you're supposed to play, he's still there. He's not going to leave you, okay? It's like when you are in alignment with him, you should hold so much confidence to know that he's right there. And it should make us want to act right, right? Like, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? I think about that movie all the time. Um, but it just makes me know that he's he's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to go anywhere. He completed his mission and then he gave the disciples theirs. So the commission, I want to hold on to that word for a little bit because whenever I got to studying it, it's fascinating to me um, because Navy ships, they're, they actually have a whole ceremony of, of the commissioning of a Navy ship, right? So whenever, I'm going to read a little bit about it, but 
whenever the Navy has a ship, it has a mission, right? Like this is what this one's built for. This is its name. Its job is to go out and do this, right? Same way as us. Same thing as the commission he gives us. He gives us, this is what you're supposed to do. And now this is how you're supposed to do it. And I'm going to be with you while you're doing it. Okay. Um, whenever the Navy places a ship in commission, it marks its entry into active service. So while it's being built, it doesn't have a commission, right? You have to know that. Like what, just because you, however your life is before you receive Jesus Christ, you haven't gotten your commission yet. Okay. Once you receive him, then he gives you what you're supposed to go out and do. So you can't be disciple for Christ until you've received Christ. Okay. Then the ship embarks on its commission and it takes its role alongside others in the fleet. So once it comes up, once it has its task, once it has its role, then it's in, then it's going with everybody else that's doing the same thing. Okay. Other ships have their commission, right? They're along in the same fleet. That's what you are amongst believers, y'all. That's why discipleship is so important because it's so important that you put yourself in a role that's around other believers. That's it. Discipleship is a camaraderie, y'all. Like that's what it is. It's not about you encouraging somebody. Or you. It's not work. Like one of my friends was like, you know what? I just, I don't know if I have time to be discipling somebody, Shelly. I'm like, you're missing it, man. You're, you're totally missing it. What you're doing right now by just being involved in this, sending someone a text message, showing up to this Bible study, praying at work, whatever it is, y'all, that's discipleship. That's what it is because you're doing what you're, what the commission tells you to do. Okay. And that's going out. It, it's being along in the, in the fleet. Okay. Then I thought this was super cool. And then we'll kind of dip away from this Navy thing, but I don't know. It was just fascinating to me. In 1775, the first naval ship that was commissioned under Captain Stahl became the first to fly what we know as the American flag. I'm just like, so the first ship that ever got its commission, that ever was told to go out and do something, it held a symbol that now all of us in the USA, we have the American flag, right? That represents us. So I'm just like, okay, like the first disciples, what was their symbol? Like, obviously, if a ship had a flag, like surely God's word has something along with me. So I just started praying about it. And he was like, what do you think a cross that everybody wears is? We all have cross necklaces. We have crosses we hang in our house, right? A cross is a symbol, right? Like, you know what a cross symbolizes, even if you aren't a believer. Like, you know, when you see a cross, a tattoo, whatever it is, you're just like, that's what that is. That has to do with God. It has to do with Jesus. Even if you don't know exactly the story of Jesus Christ, you know what the cross represents, right? So whenever he's telling the disciples, like, this is your commission. This is what you're supposed to go out and do. He gave them his symbol. The cross is what represents what Jesus did for us, for our sins, for our salvation, right? It represents, that symbol is what represents our belief and what our faith is based in, okay? So I just want you to know that you have a symbol. You received a commission. You are worthy enough to do so. And you have a symbol that represents it. So I just thought that was neat. I hope you guys thought that was neat. Um, so Jesus commanded them to teach in this verse right here. After he tells them, he says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So right now we're going to turn real quick to Mark chapter 12. And we're going to talk about what did he command them to do, right? Jesus makes things so, God, I mean, he makes things so simple, y'all. And so we're going to read right here. And um, I just encourage you when we, whenever I read these verses or you read them and we listen to them, I want you to keep it simple. Like we make it so complicated. Religion is so disgusting at how it makes salvation so complicated. It makes our relationship with Christ so complicated. Strip yourself of all of that. 
Whatever you've been taught and whatever holds you back, go ahead and key in and press into Jesus himself. Make it that simple, okay? So, Mark 12, 28 and 31, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. So a teacher of the law, right there talking, that was a Pharisee, okay? So it's someone that knew, and he's acknowledging like, okay, of all these, now you tell us what's more important because Lord knows before in the Old Testament, they had all the laws, y'all. They had all the regulations, all the specifications of how they had to live. All the Jewish people had it so, it was so strict back then. And Jesus comes in and read, he says, here's the deal. You got these two. Love the Lord your God with every single ounce of yourself, with every part of your mind, with every bit of your strength. With all of yourself, love him, okay? And then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. So all the laws and all the commandments, y'all, all that we're supposed to do is we're supposed to love everyone like, like he loves us, right? So when it comes to your kids, love them. When it comes to your neighbors, love them. When it comes to your enemies, love them. But you can't know God's love if you don't know God because that's what he is, right? I want you to know that whenever we make it complicated, that's the enemy creeping in. When we think like, oh, it's got to, there's got to be more to it than this. Always go back to that. That's your first instruction, right? Today's about the mission. It's about the instruction that he gives us. That's the instruction that Jesus gave right there, right in front of everybody. He says, it's these two things, man. Hold those the highest of all. Everything else will come. But those two things make it simple. When you're trying to disciple somebody, be sure you're doing those two things. You're holding God first. You're, you're present in him with every single bit of yourself and you're loving people around you. That's how they see Jesus. That's how they want to be discipled, y'all. When people come into your life, you don't have to ask them if they want for you to come in and disciple them. Instead, they're craving whatever it is that they see in you. They're saying that peace that you got, that discernment that you got, that joy that you got, I want that. And then he makes it easy. Then all you do is give them those two commands. Say, look, man, love him with every bit of yourself, okay? Keep it simple. Don't let it get complicated. I want you to know that the first thing that the enemy will do and tell you, and I've talked to so many people about what holds you back from sharing the gospel? What holds you back from pressing into Christ? And the first thing that they say is insecurity, not being good enough, not knowing enough, not where I need to be yet. Once I get there, then I will, Shelly. Right? And I want you to know you're never going to reach that. You're never going to be good enough. And the things I'm about to tell you is, is going to make you know that even more. But I want you to know that all these are just excuses. They're not following the instruction. Okay? So, okay. So, guys, we have worth, but we are not worthy. Okay? Because worth is value. God gave us value, not because of anything that we've done, but because he's the one that created us. Okay? He says, you're perfectly and wonderfully made, right? He made us in his image. It's in Genesis 1, okay? So we know that because he created us, we do have worth. We do have purpose, okay? But we are not worthy, okay? Worthy means to be deserving. I think that we established last week that none of us deserve what, what we have by having eternal life in him, okay? We deserve hell as a penalty for our sin, right? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's at Romans 5, 8. Okay, but also in Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short. Okay, 
So that doesn't exclude you. You aren't the one person that is sinless that doesn't need Christ. Okay. There is, that does not exist. Okay. That means none of us are worthy, but we all have worth. So in Christ, we need to understand that the grace that he showed us and the grace that he's poured on to us and the grace he continues to pour on us, because even though after we accept him, we still sin, right? But everything that he covered, that's what gives us worthiness because in him, we able, we're able to receive righteousness, okay? Everything we have been given is because we serve a gracious God. It's not because we deserve it ourselves. No matter if you are the best of the best or the wealthy of the wealthy or the kind of the kind or the whatever, you still don't add up to deserving what he has given you, okay? We aren't worthy, but we do have worth because he's the one that created us. To love someone worthy of love isn't impressive. To love someone who doesn't deserve it is what's amazing. So I say that quote because we're about to read some verses for you to know that just because you're good to people that are good to you, there's no value in that. Um, I think that we, as when it comes to discipling people, and I think I might have said this before, either on here or in the personal Bible study, but my struggle with people is once I see them not accepting what I'm trying to pour into them or the sacrifice I'm making or that I feel like I am, which is next to nothing compared to what Christ has done. It's so easy for me to want to write that person off. Like you're just not getting it. You know, one of my friends says, we just want to share the gospel with people who we know will receive it, but there's no, that doesn't glorify him because if they've already received it, we're not reaching the lost. Okay. So in, in those places that seem dark, those are ones we're supposed to reach in and go in the pit of hell and help drag them out. Right. The ones that are hard to love. Those are ones that we reach out to. So in Luke chapter 6, verse 31 through 36, I'm going to read those real quick. And I think it's really going to open your eyes to what he has to say about it. And this isn't going to be easy to receive. In verse 31, it says, do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And even if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those, from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Like, I know that hurt y'all. Like, I know y'all are just like, that one's a little painful, right? Like, that's not easy to receive. Like, you mean I'm supposed to want to lend people money knowing good and well they ain't never going to see a cent of that back? Yep, that's what he says. And these letters are in red, y'all. So you just need to know that came straight out the mouth of him. Okay? And like, he means what he says. And the reason why he says it, knowing that we can do it, is because in him we can do all things that he has done. When he died on the cross, y'all, he even died for the ones that will never accept him. You know that, right? Like he covered the sins, even for the ones that will reject him until the end of time. But at one day, every knee will bow. We know that. So I just want you to know that whenever you pour into people, you need to understand that you may not see anything in return and that's okay. You're called to do that. You're called to be, to give them instruction anyway. You're called to pour love on them anyway. You're called to keep on trying for them anyway. You're called to keep lending to them anyways. Now, we don't need to enable people, and that's a whole nother story, so don't be trying to be anybody's God. If you're trying to step into a role that you're wanting to replace what Christ is supposed to be for them, then that's wrong, too. Your job is to point them to Him, not to try to be Him in their lives, okay? Don't be anybody else's Savior. 
but point them to the one who is. Love the unlovable. Not only does God love you, but he wants to use you. That's what the mission is about. That's what the commission is about. That's why he says, go into all nations. He doesn't just say, receive me and keep me to yourself. He says, go spread me. Let others receive in in themselves what I've given to you. Okay. If you have received grace, you are called to give grace and to bring others to receive what Jesus has to give them. You, it's your duty to be able to extend what he is to you to somebody else. That's what you, you are saying. Like whenever we talked about the Navy ship being commissioned, like they are, that is a ceremony where they are getting anointed in a sense to say, this is your role. And once you received him, he's given you that role to say, okay, now this is your instruction. Now this is your task. Go out and do it. So now all of your body's sitting back and they're saying, okay, show we get it. We get, we have a mission. We're get, we're called, we're called to be, to be a part of this, but what am I supposed to do? Okay. I'm just this, or I don't have that, or I don't know so-and-so. So we're all coming up with excuses on what that is. And we don't know how we're supposed to go out and make disciples of all nations, right? Now, everybody's called to be a missionary. We know that. Whenever you say that you're not good enough, I want you to know that you're right. You know, we, we live in a world where it's like, be who you are. You're good enough, you know, hyping everybody up. But I want you to know that you're not. And what I mean by that is you're not without Christ. There's nothing in you that is capable of doing anything for anybody else if it excludes him. And your mission is your ministry. And your ministry is connected to you and your purpose and your passion. Okay? So let's start with, like I said earlier, let's keep this simple. Okay? Things that you enjoy, the hobbies that you have, the places that you go, those are your ministry. That, that's, how, that's how he made you. If you already enjoy it, bring him into those things. Like if you enjoy working out, Ask some other people if they want to work out with you and pray before you start. We did that this morning, y'all. One of our friends was like, hey, I'm going to meet at the track. I need to start walking again. Y'all want to come? We all joined her. There was like seven of us. We prayed before we started. It was great. That was ministry. It doesn't have to be huge, y'all. One of my friends, she has a screen printing business for t-shirts, right? And she has made this whole ministry out of her job, her workplace. Like they disciple each other. And it's so beautiful. One of my other friends, she has a hair salon right up the road for me. She doesn't work at my hair salon. She has her own. And they do Bible study once a week together. And I'm just so envious of that because I'm just like, how cool is that that you get to bring the word of God into your workplace? You know? And some people don't have that. Like I think about teachers, like we have so many restrictions now. But I wanted to say like, would it be good if you just met in the break room before school started and prayed with a few other teachers in the morning? Like when I tell you we make ministry so complicated instead of keeping it simple, that is, it's so adamant. Like I see it everywhere of like everyone saying like, oh, well, I can't that, or it has to be a certain time or a certain way. Like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Ask him, ask him. You know, I wrote this down because I think we are a part of a group text and like I cringe at a group text, even though I know they're necessary, but it's like, when you do what I do for a living, like I don't even look at my cell phone by the time I do, I've got 38 unread messages. And I'm just like, ah, like no one, you know, good and well, you are not the person that scrolls all the way back to the top to see where it started. And if you are, you're my hero because that's definitely not me. Right. But I want to say like, what if whatever group text you're in, what if you just put a Bible verse randomly? Like, would that make everybody cringe? Like, what are you a part of a a team, a group, a workplace, a, a, a few other stay at home moms? Like, I don't know. But what is it that you're involved with that you could just put a little sprinkle of Jesus in? Spread Jesus. What, what, what could you do? What does that look like for you? What way can you go ahead and, and allow the things that you already enjoy in your life to be some sort of a ministry? 
you know, maybe you make things and you, and you sell them. I don't know. Put a little verse whenever you ship out, ship out the box. I mean, the, the, the options are endless y'all and I don't have them, but he does like pray about it and stop making excuses and not letting him instruct you and telling him no's and just say, okay, I'm going to start doing this so that I can hear more from you, Lord. I'm going to take time to be able to be with you and listen to you and you guide me on whatever my ministry is supposed to be. It doesn't have to be glamorous. It doesn't have to have 13,000 followers. It doesn't have to be a, a, enjoined with two of your best girlfriends. It can just be you. Like, stop making it complicated. Okay? Another thing, too, is stop trying to discern your own calling. You know, I think that we live in a time where everybody's supposed to reach a certain status or, or, or be at some sort of level of success. And these kids, you know, your calling isn't taught to you in college. Your calling is not a pat on the back to do with your career. Your calling is only given to you by one person. Your friends can't give you your calling. Your spouse can't give you your calling. You can't Google your calling, right? Your calling can only come from the Most High. Your calling is only spoken to you by one person, and that is God Almighty. And He can only speak whenever you're available to listen. Find the space. Find the quiet. Find the room that you can go to and say, this is where I want to hear from you, Lord. And you might come to him one time and you might not hear anything. Go to him again. Keep pressing into him. Be persistent. Be committed. Next week, we're going to talk about commitment and discipline. And that's going to be a hard lesson. But I want for you to know that it's so required. And it doesn't mean that it's hard or it's scornful. What it means is that whenever we stay committed to things and we can take time to listen to him, it shows him that we're willing to put in our part, that we're willing to let him have a spot and, and have a place and have a seat at our table. So another one of my friends, I want to close with this, you know, she put a, a post and it said that um, your calling isn't told to everybody else. It's not a conference call. And I've seen that over the past few years, you know, but it hit a little bit different today, I guess, knowing because this is what I was going to teach about today and what me and you were going to discuss today is our calling, is our mission, is our instruction, um, that we aren't worthy of it, but we do have worth. And so when I saw that, I just thought like that to me is the hardest part, because when you jump on the Jesus wagon, you just want everybody else right there with you. And I'm so guilty of like nominating everybody around me to do something. Right. And some people look at it. And one of my friends is like, you know what, show, I'm so glad you make me do things that I'm not comfortable doing because I would have never done it. But I don't want to be the obnoxious person that's always like spurring people on to do things that maybe God's not telling them to do. So I need to know my role in that. But I also know that I'm called to be an encourager. Like I'm called to exhort people and say, like, you can do this. I'm on your team. And even if I'm not, God is, if it's in alignment with him, you know. But I just want you to know that that your calling is only yours. And if somebody else doesn't understand it, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. If somebody else is confused by it or, or not ready to walk in that with you, it doesn't mean you should stray from it. What it means is that you dive into the one person you know is going to be beside you because what we read in the Great Commission is, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. And if you have him, guys, you need to understand you don't even have to have anybody else because apart from him, you're nothing. Okay? So just understand that. That you are called, even if you don't know the specifics yet, guys, if you feel like you have an instruction and you haven't walked in it, I pray that you walk in it, that you don't wait another day to just say, yes, I'm going to start sending out this text message every day to these five girlfriends, or yes, I'm going to invite that person and just paint with me because I enjoy painting and I know they do too. 
and we'll pray when we do it. I don't know however simple it is, but make it simple. If you are in real estate and you sell property, you know, just be able to put a sprinkle of Jesus somewhere. I don't know, but seek him on whatever the specifications are. Okay, because he'll give you the specifics and he'll he'll make sure that he's confirmed with you on what that looks like. And it, it will be something that you enjoy because he doesn't want for you to dread whatever your calling is. Y'all, he's not going to call you to do something that you absolutely despise and hate. It may not be comfortable. He doesn't say it's going to be comfortable, but I know him and I know that he loves you so much. He's not going to want to do anything that he knows is going to make you miserable. He knows your heart, and your desires of your heart better than we do ourselves. So. We have to listen and walk in it. And I'm going to end with our normal three questions. I hope you guys enjoyed today. Um, This week's worksheets are state of the art awesome, in my opinion. We uncover some verses in Hosea. You know, um, please, if you haven't accessed the worksheets or if you want to, maybe you haven't yet, and that's okay. We're on week three. You can always go back or you can even start right now, guys. Even if this week is the only week you get to do the worksheet, I ask that you do it. I encourage you to do it. Don't steer away from those things, but this week's worksheets are are really good. And all the worksheets are about, guys, is for you, is to encourage you in just a short amount of time a day, y'all, literally 10 minutes for three days is all it takes. If you will just dive into the word of God, you will hear from him way more than you will ever hear from me or from your pastor or from anybody else, y'all. The goal of the worksheets is that you dive into the word yourself, okay? Even if you just Google the scriptures on your phone, maybe you don't even have a Bible, that's okay too but just be able to access them. Okay. So the first question I'm going to ask you to kind of leave with today and just evaluate yourself. That's what these questions are for y'all is to just truly look inside of yourself and ask God, whatever he's wanting, whatever answer he has for you. The first one's going to be, do you accept or do you push away those who try to disciple you? Those who try to instruct you and encourage you and push you, do you reject them because you think you know everything Or do you reject them because you just don't think that you're good enough? Or do you accept it? Do you accept the love that that God's trying to use somebody else to pour into you or to instruct you or whatever that may be? Do you accept it? Because it's it's a choice, just like we've we've been talking about over and over and over, y'all. It's a choice to be able to say, you know what? This person right here, God put her in my life for a reason or him in my life for a reason, y'all. Me and Wesley have an abundance of people that disciple us. Like we have an abundance of people in our lives that we know we can call on and we can speak to about things to to gain discernment or to pray for us. You know, um, I pray that for you that and that you would access them and that you would accept whatever it is that they have to, to give you. The second one is what command do you feel God has given you? Um, you should already. I've given you two answers to that, right? Um, love him with all your might and love your neighbors yourself. Those are his two commandments. But what else do you feel like he's been laying on your heart and commanding you to do? You know, what what is it that you're passionate about that he could he could plug into and, and really create a purpose there? You know, I want for you to ask yourself like, OK, you've, you told me that you want to use me. You told me that you're giving me a mission. Lord, open up my eyes to what that looks like and how I'm supposed to do it. And if he's already given it to you, go ahead and start walking in that. Don't wait. Don't waste any more time. Then the last one I'm going to ask is, um, can you give grace if you've never received grace? My answer to that is no. If you are one of these people who is still rejecting the abundance of grace that God has poured on you, you're still the person that says, I have no worth. I'm not worthy and I don't have worth. I've never accepted the grace that Jesus paid for 
on the cross and he poured over me with his blood. You can't give out grace to other people, y'all. The most judgmental people are the ones who judge, feel judged or judge themselves. The most stingy people are the people who have never received something. When you receive love, and, and I'm so blessed that, that we live in a community and, and I have friends and family that have poured love on me in so many ways, that I want to give that kind of love out. You, you want to do that. But guys, you can't give grace to other people who disappoint you if you've never received grace from ways you've disappointed God. Because we all have. We've all fallen short. We, we talked about that verse earlier, Romans 3, 23. But once you understand that he's given it to you, you want to give it out. So I just want to ask yourself, is there somebody in your life that you need to give grace to? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's yourself. I want you to know that you're, you, you're not worthy of it, but you do have worth and he's wanting to pour it onto you. Guys, I ask that if you um, are watching this on YouTube and you haven't hit subscribe, please go ahead and do that. Um, I ask that you pick, that you just pray about a person and pick somebody to share this episode with. You know, you can click on the three dots and, and share it, send it to them in a text message. Um, if you look up any of these verses that we've talked about today or that we're going to go over in the worksheets, post it on your Instagram story. Tag us, follow us on Instagram, Impact O Influence, on Facebook, Impact Over Influence. Um, be on the lookout because we've got some really cool things uh, coming up. Our caps came in. We've got some t-shirts on the way that are super cute. So I'm excited to just see um, the way that God has poured into this. If you're one of the people that have text messaged me or messaged me, encouraging me, I just can't thank you enough. Know that you are seen and that you are appreciated and that I pray blessings over you because the way that you encourage me keeps me wanting to keep on doing this, even on the hard days where I don't want to anymore and I feel rejected, just know that um, when my name is laid on your heart and you're obedient enough to reach out to me, it means everything. And that I do make time for it and to and to listen to whatever it is that you have to say. I just pray blessings over you guys and just um, go spread Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. And I encourage you that you can have a relationship with the one that created you. So spread Jesus.